Well, good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. So good to have you guys here with us today. I'm thankful for my church family. Uh, you guys are awesome people. Uh, you're my friends, and I love you so much. I'm thankful that God has put you in my life. I uh, hope you can say the same. <laughs> hey, pray for, uh, pray for Brother Will and pray for his family. He's at Nationals. Pray for all the students that are going to be competing tomorrow from across the nation and using their gifts for the Lord. And that's what it's really about, that they can all do their best. And uh, David, just represent the Lord and glorify him. Uh, it's very exciting and a great opportunity for them. So be, be praying. Uh, tomorrow, competition starts and a lot of people from our church are there. And it's, uh, it's not just a stone's throw from here either. Grand Rapids, Michigan, that's a pretty good, pretty good way. So pray for all of them as they'll be traveling back later this week. So good to have Mitch and Cheryl with us. Came all the way from Florida to be here today. Give them a big hand. Wow. You know, Mitch and Cheryl, I was thinking, if y'all get real lonesome, just call me. If you got room for six people, we'll come and, you know, <laughs> cheer you up. <laughs> Make you think of home. Ah, good to be here today. Are you awake? Good, because that's the title of my sermon. Are you awake? We're going to be in Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. We'll be reading that in just a minute. I'll let you go ahead and turn there, uh, but I'll, I'm going to share, share something with you. Uh, in thinking about this sermon and praying what the Lord wanted me to preach, uh, he laid this passage on my heart in, in the title, Are You Awake? There's a famous quote attributed to the Japanese Admiral Yamamoto regarding the 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor by forces of Imperial Japan. And the quote states, this is by Admiral Yamamoto, who orchestrated the attack. He said, I fear all we have done is to awaken a sleeping giant and fill him with a terrible resolve. Now, some people think he really didn't say this, but I consulted Dan Shu, our in-house World War II expert, and he said, indeed, he did say this. And later he even would admit that this was a terrible mistake. While this line serves as a dramatic ending to the depiction of the Pearl Harbor attack, uh, today we're reminded that God wants us to be spiritual giants for him. God doesn't want us to be lulled to sleep by the indulgences of the world. But rather, we need to wake up. We need to be alive and to achieve what God has called us to. And if each of us, if we will live with that resolve to be sold out to the Lord, we will be a spiritual giant for him. We will be able to do amazing things for his kingdom. I was hoping y'all get fired up about that. But I'm the only one. That's all right. Romans 13, 11 through 14. Let's read. And do this, knowing the time, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for the gift of salvation. And today, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house filled with worshipers, Lord, to worship you. 
Thank you for the great service we've had up to this point, Lord. And I pray right now, Lord, that you will speak through me and speak to hearts. And whatever decisions need to be made today, I pray that each of us in this room will have the freedom to come and to make things right with you. Or just to say yes to you, to obey you and to follow you, Lord, and to love you more. We love you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I want to draw out three action points from these verses. And the first one, Brother Wes, is wake up. Wake up. Any early risers in here? All right. How many of you have to get up early, but you don't necessarily like to get up early? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've become an early riser by choice, I guess. Uh, or not choice, by necessity. But, you know, my boys, they don't really like to get up early in the morning. And Eli tells me that I don't do a good job waking them up in the morning. All right. Dad, I don't like the way you wake me up in the morning. I mean, what's wrong with throwing ice water on them? Or, you know, singing real loud or just turning the lights on or jerking the covers off. I mean, do y'all think that? Is there anything wrong with that? Well, it does work. Well, let me tell you why I do that, okay? It comes from the way I was raised, Brother Will. You see, my dad, he's pretty much of a jokester, all right? He likes to joke, and... Growing up, he had this crazy ram's horn, all right? I mean, this thing was this big old twisted ram's horn, you know, it was about like that. And this thing, it had a, a mouthpiece on the end of it, so it was a, like a, an actual bugle, okay, that you could blow. And you're like, why would he have such a thing? Well, you know, y'all know my dad's a big outdoorsman, and Brent, he would use this to call his coonhounds in when he was ready to quit hunting. He'd blow the horn. And the, and the dogs come running in. Of course, they really never did. You know, they just stay out barking. We could never find them, you know. So he, he used this for more than one purpose, though. This also used as a great alarm clock for my brother and I. We'd be dead asleep in our room, and he'd walk in with this big old ram's horn, and he would blow this thing as loud as he could. And, I mean, I would come three feet out of the bed, wide awake, <laughs> scared to death, and he'd be laughing his head off. He thought it was hilarious. So, Joy wonders why I pester our boys so much to this day. That's just the way I was raised. But guys, on a serious note, because this is a serious passage of Scripture, Paul calls us to spiritual alertness. He's saying we need to understand the situation. We need to know what time it is. Now, our four-year-old Jude, he's always asking Joy and I, what time is it? Mom, what time is it? Mom, what time is it? He always wants to know the time. Now, he can't, he can't quite comprehend time. That's a hard concept when you're a little kid but he hears us we're always asking what time is it right because we got to be somewhere what time is it so he's developed that habit what time is it he wants to be in the loop well Paul tells us here salvation is near that's what time it is salvation is near the time between Christ's first and second coming is critical you see the promise of his return is hovering and we must not be lulled to sleep by the pleasures of this world this world will pull at us, guys, all of us. None of us are immune to this. And granted, we have to accomplish things while we're here. But guys, remember that Jesus is going to return, and he'll take us to our real home one day. We must not be influenced by those who say the Lord's going to delay his coming, or he won't come at all. Have you ever had a dream that the Lord was coming back? Have you ever had one of those end-of-time dreams? Man, I've had a few of them, and I'm not going to describe them because they're really... You know, they're like most of my dreams are kind of out there. But at the same time, I wake up from that dream and I think, you know what? He is coming back. 
He is coming back, and we got to be ready. We got to be ready. 1 Corinthians 15 52 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Guys, it's going to happen that quick. He's going to split the eastern sky open like that. And maybe we think, ah, not my lifetime. How do you know? Because Paul didn't know. He didn't even know. Unfortunately, a lot of people live like Jesus isn't going to return. But guys, I'm here to tell you, God keeps his promises. If it's written in the word, it's going to happen. So we need to wake up. Listen to Matthew 24, verses 30 and 31. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Can you imagine the sight? Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Guys, it's going to happen. And we don't need to be lulled to sleep. We don't need to forget. You know, we're, we're a lot like the Israelites. We forget so quickly, don't we? I mean, think about it. You know, God had delivered the Egyptians from the, or, or the Israelites from the bondage of the Egyptians. Moses goes in the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, and what happens while he's gone? Well, we don't know about Moses, what's happened to him, whether he's dead or alive. Let's make a golden calf and let's have a big party. And, you know, that's what they did. They forgot that quick who had delivered them. They forgot God is the one who saved them. But that's, that's our human nature, isn't it? How quickly we forget. And Paul's saying, I don't, I don't know when the day is going to come that the Lord will appear, but I know this. Our salvation is nearer now than it was. Because every passing day means Jesus' return is drawing closer. And, you know, with salvation, there's kind of three parts, isn't it? You know, the first part is, is when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's that immediate, for by grace are you saved. Okay, it's God's gift. It's not of our works, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we admit our sins. We believe he died and rose again for us. We confess him as our Lord. We are saved. One-time deal. You're not going to get saved over and over and over. It's one time. But there is a continual part to our salvation. Do you realize that? By the gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. 1 Corinthians 5, 2, 15, 2. Otherwise, you believed in vain. We've got to hold firmly to that faith. In other words, we don't just get saved and forget about Jesus. We keep our faith in Him every day. We trust Jesus daily as our Lord and Savior, right? It's a growing relationship. But guess what? Did you know salvation has a final and a future phase to it? Listen to Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to 1 Peter 1.9. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. See, one day it's going to be complete when Jesus returns and believers go to heaven. We will be completed. Our salvation will be fulfilled. We're going to completely get it. We'll understand it. The troubles here will be gone. That's exciting. So Jesus is saying, or through Paul, he's saying, wake up. You better be ready. Second action point I want to talk about this morning is putting on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. Let's look at verses 12 and 13. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the work of, works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife 
and envy. Now, have y'all figured out what that picture is on the screen? Because I see you looking at it. I thought y'all, Russ, I thought y'all would enjoy this. Because y'all know what that is? It's a mirror. That, that is a manly mirror right there. You know why? You know what's surrounding that mirror? Elk antlers. Elk antlers. Isn't that cool? Guys, I think every one of y'all, should. we should have one of those in our house. Right? That's what Joy's been begging me to do. Put those in every, I want those in every, every bathroom. I want those mirrors with the elk antlers. Y'all believe that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> All the ladies are like, boo, no. <laughs> mirrors are important, though, aren't they? Yeah, yep, they are. Because when you get up in the morning, you get dressed, and you hopefully look in front of that mirror to make sure you're presentable before you go out for the day, right, to be seen by the world. Well, it's my understanding, uh, where's our, if our high school, let me see our high school guys, just slip your hand up, if you're on the mission trip this year, our high school guys are on the mission trip. See, Noah, I'm looking for, there's Bryce, I'm looking for, uh, yeah, hi, An, there's Anakin, is he in here? James Henry, is he in here? Okay, some of our high school guys, I heard this little story uh, about him on the mission trip. You see, on the day that we're to leave from Indiana to return home, we set a, a time of departure. That's important, right? That we all be on the same page, Dave, so we, we get where we need to be. And it just, uh, the story that I heard, the rumor that I heard is the high school guys, they thought wake-up time was at 6 a.m. But 6 a.m. was departure time. So it's my understanding that some of the high school boys, they just had to get up. And they're, in the clothes that they slept in all night, they just had to run out the door, grab their stuff, and get in the van. So they didn't even get some, some of them. I won't say who. I'm not saying all. But some of them, they had to wear their same clothes all day that they'd slept in the night before. All right? That, that, does that sound like a high school guy? Yeah? Maybe. Maybe. Guys, did you know it's a really important thing to, to change clothes every day? Did you all know that's important? That's a good thing to do. You know, you get up in the morning, you change, you get out of your PJs, you know, you put on your good clothes, you're ready to go for the day. Now, I understand there are occasions where you can, you know, those very special days that you can stay home and keep those PJs on. You know, that doesn't happen very often, though. That's okay once in a while. But, guys, overall, we need to make sure that we get dressed every day. We're looking to make sure we're ready for the day. Amen? Amen. Well, guess what, guys? Paul is telling us to get spiritually dressed. He's saying put on the armor of light. We'll talk about what he means by that. He tells us the night is far spent. You see, darkness here symbolizes evil and sin. So he's saying dark, that represents evil and sin. And it's the works of the world. And he's saying that's over. When you become a believer, you put those things away. That's the old way of life. And then guess what? We, we prepare for the day. We wake up. We anticipate the day. We are in the light. And that represents your changed life in Christ. And so we put on these new garments, these new clothes. And, and like I said, the night clothes, those are the works of darkness and the deeds that belong to your old way of life. But when we put on the armor of light, I'm not talking about under armor, okay? I'm talking about the armor of light. And, and Paul describes in 1 Thessalonians 5.8, listen to this, he said, But let us who are of the day, that's talking about believers, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet of the hope of salvation. Now, you know, there's other passages like in Ephesians that talks about the spiritual armor. This is a theme throughout Scripture that we need every day before we go out, we need to prepare for that day. We need to put on 
our spiritual clothing, our, our armor, if you will. Why? Why is that? Because if we choose to live for the Lord, guess what's going to happen? We will be under attack from Satan, the enemy, every single day. And guys, if we don't walk out prepared for spiritual battle, if we don't walk out prepared to do the Lord's work every day, guess what's going to happen? We're going to be knocked off our feet. We're going to be led astray. We're going to be deceived. We're going to get caught up in things we shouldn't get caught up in. So we got to be ready every day. And why is that? Well, because the enemy wants to take you out of your game, right? He didn't want you to be a spiritual giant for the Lord. He didn't want you to be used by the Lord. He wants to take you out so that you won't be effective for him. So Paul is warning us, or he's reminding us, put on that armor of life. But guys, even as we're under attack, know this. We have the promise that the glory of Christ is going to be revealed to us. He's coming back. It's all going to make sense one day. It's all going to be worth it. All the, all the discipline that you exercise now, all the, all the time that you pray and read your Bible and that you witness and that you serve in the Lord's house and you worship Him, all the time you spend connecting with God, it's going to be worth it. We're going to see the glory. And all the times that you walk away from that temptation, when you say no to sin, Guys, it's going to be worth it. Teenagers, it's going to be worth it when you say no to sin and you, you say yes to God's way. It will pay off. It will pay off. You see, we're to reflect Christ's image. So Paul's making this plea to believers to behave decently. We, you know, we don't earn our salvation. But guys, when we've accepted Jesus, we are called to a higher standard. And so we better live like we love him. We better live like we love him. Well, guess what? Paul describes some of the works of the darkness here. And he's, he's pretty straightforward. Let's just let's look at him. He says revelry. That, that basically means wild living, partying. Drunkenness, lewdness, or sexual immorality or perversion. Lust, strife, fighting, envy, or jealousies. Guys, this was written a long time ago, but guess what? We haven't changed. We haven't changed. It's human nature. And the enemy realizes this. So these are the things that we can so naturally and easily fall into. Any of us in this room, none of us are immune to this because it's our human sin nature. So we got to remember, we got to put on the armor of light. And don't fall for the same old tricks of the devil. But you know what, guys? These things that Paul described here, man, it's our culture in a nutshell. Even the laws of the land now are... You know, they're saying, and of our government, they're, they're okay in things that the Bible says are wrong. Entertainment. Guys, you got to be careful what you watch and listen to. Sometimes we, get, we just got to turn something off and walk away from it. Even if it's funny, we got to turn it off and walk away from it. You know, you know if God's speaking to you and you're watching something that's not good. It's filling your heart and mind with things that are that are inappropriate. Guys, it's going to affect you. It's going to pull you down. We're in a battle, so dress accordingly. Put on your spiritual armor and live like you're supposed to live. So we've talked about waking up. We've talked about putting on the armor of light. The third action point today, put on Jesus Christ. This is the very best part. I say the best for last. All right, and we're doing good on time because I'm watching. Last time I preached, I might have went a little long up here. So today... I'll make sure I let you at least a couple minutes earlier, okay? But this is the best part. Listen to verse 14. 
But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to, to fulfill its lust. You know, successful companies do an amazing job of branding their logos, don't they? They really do. And, you know, did you know Kavanaugh Church has a logo? How many of y'all knew that, that our church has a logo? It's an awesome logo, too. And you know why we have that logo? So that people, when they're out and they see that, they're going to identify, hey, that's Kavanaugh Church. That's your church for life. That's a place I could go and take my family and we could worship the Lord together. We want to get our name out there so we can reach people for Christ. But, you know, successful companies, they brand their logos, okay? But a lot of that is for monetary gain, of course, for a business. They're branding their logo. And today I wanted to, to give you guys a test. And Sister Sherry, she's up there on the computer. Give her a big hand this morning. Give her a hand. She's going to give you guys a test, and we're going to flash these logos on the screen. And just as soon as you see it, you just jump up and yell out what the name of the company is. Okay, You don't really have to jump up. Just yell it out for me. And we were going to give you candy, but, man, we couldn't get into Brother Johnny's stash this morning. So he knows how we are, and he had it locked up from me. So we'll just, we'll just give you a hand clap if you get it right. Okay, are you ready, Sister Sherry? Logo number one. Nike. Wow, y'all are good. Number two. <laughs> Under Armour. Number three. Woo, Chevy, huh? Number four. Oh, and all the parents are like, no, not McDonald's. Not McDonald's. Dodge Ram. That looks cool, doesn't it? That's a good looking logo. Apple. That's not as cool a logo as Dodge Ram, but hey, it's Apple's pretty cool though, isn't it? It's pretty cool. Guys, the world, they can do this, man. They know how to brand us. But today, I want you to remember who you belong to. We belong to Jesus Christ. We're his name. We're the name of Jesus, proudly. You see, we must bear the image of the one we belong to. And guys, like I said, there's traps in this world, and we can't avoid it on our own. So how are we going to do it? We've got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we put on His robe of righteousness. That means our sins are forgiven. And now we are made in right standing before God. Because up until that point, your sins separated you from God and you were not allowed, you will not be allowed into heaven. But when you trust Jesus as your Lord, Jesus puts His righteousness around you. It's a gift we don't deserve. We can't earn it. It's just there. He did it for us. And we get to enjoy that privilege. To be counted as sons and daughters of God. That is an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. So how do we do it? Well, we have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. We have to accept him as Savior. And then we have to accept the Lordship of Jesus. You see, it's not just insurance that we are talking about here. It's about surrender. It's about total surrender of your life to him. And that means as you're going through this life and something comes across that's not right, or not good, then you got to turn from it. And it means when God calls you to go do something, then you say, yes, Lord, I'm here. I'll do it. That's lordship. It's surrendering to him. And we belong to Jesus because our redemption was bought and paid for by his blood at Calvary when he died for us. So when a temptation comes our way, we need to remember, we belong to Jesus, not the world. He paid for this. He paid for my redemption. It was my sins that put him on the cross. 
So we got to remember to keep our hearts devoted to the one who redeemed us. You know, it's interesting when Paul says, put on Christ to believers. You know, you've, you're, you're a believer, you've, you've, you're saved. But there's also this reminder for a daily renewal. Every day, we got to look into our hearts and make sure that nothing's creeping in. Are y'all with me? Because sin is sneaky and it's progressive. And it's a slippery slope. So we got to make sure every day that nothing's getting in between us and our relationship with Jesus. And I, I, I thought about Febreze. Any Febreze fans in here, just raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. If you think Febreze is a great invention, all right? Febreze and wrinkle release, all right? At church camp, those are my two very best friends. Febreze to cover up the odor and wrinkle release for all my clothes that were rolled up in the backpack because I packed five minutes before church that morning. Uh, that's some great stuff. Y'all aren't excited about it. I get excited about it. It's really good for bachelors, you know. Little Febreze. Maybe you don't have time to get the laundry done. You can get another wear out of that. You can get another wear out of that shirt. Nobody's going to know. Little Febreze. Little wrinkle release. We're good to go. Hey, believe me, we were spraying all kids, kinds of kids down at church camp. But now on the mission trip, we had the ultimate man cave. We did. We had, we had Michael down there and Brian and, then, and a bunch of teenage guys. And you'd be amazed. I came in and, and Williamson and Brooks, they had done laundry. They hung all the shirts up on a ladder. Each rung of the ladder had its own shirt hanging on. I was like, that's the ultimate man cave right there. You know, little Febreze, little wrinkle release. But guys, here's the deal. We need every day to look into our lives and make sure if, if we don't need a little refreshment. Okay, we need to make sure that our relationship with Jesus is fresh and clean and crisp. Are you with me? Every day we need to make sure we're where we're supposed to be. Examine your life, because guess what? A life of godliness does not automatically follow salvation. It takes discipline. If you want to grow and you want to be close to God, you've got to, you've got to exercise discipline every day. So we've got to strive to stay tuned into the Savior. You know, it's like exercise, isn't it? I mean, if you slack off for a little bit, all right, guess what happens? Muscle goes away and, and other things take its place, Right? That's just what happens. If we don't eat right or we don't exercise, then we're not as healthy as, as we need to be. So it's this constant battle. Well, it's the same way spiritually. We're in this constant battle against sin. But Paul tells us here, make no provision for the flesh. We've got it. We've got to, we can't even entertain the thought of sin. Because guess what happens when we dwell on something? If we think about sin long enough, you know what it does? It takes over. Are you with me? So we got to practice the art of diversion, okay? If a simple thought comes in your mind, or you see something that you shouldn't, or you hear something you shouldn't, you know what you got to do? you got to think about something good. Think about something godly. you gotta, you got to distract yourself. you got to change the direction that you're thinking. Are you with me? All right? I'm like, am I the only one? <laughs> I'm feeling alone here. Hey, this is for all of us. But here's what I thought about. If you'll fill your spiritual tank so full, then you won't have room for the other stuff. Get so close to God. Get so in love with God that you don't have room for the other stuff. Because remember, He paid for us. He paid for our salvation. So we belong to Him. So if you see something that you shouldn't, I love to say what Brother Stacy says. Bounce the eyes and don't dribble dribble. Okay? Don't look back. All right? That's wisdom. 
I love Stacy Cronister. We're always sharing that with our with our teenagers. You know, if you see it, if you see something inappropriate, look away, and don't double dribble. That's that's wise words. It really is. But guys, listen. Seriously speaking, I want you to think about. You got to have a goal. Why do we do this? Why do we discipline ourselves? Because something big is coming. An athlete, they discipline themselves and they train because they're training for something. The finale, the Super Bowl, the World Series, the finish line, the gold medal, whatever it is. But for us guys, here's our motivation. Jesus is coming back. He will keep that promise. So make sure that Jesus is Lord of your life. Because he's going to come back and he will be proclaimed as Lord of all creation. I love in Revelation, Jesus is depicted at his return as a warrior. He's on a white horse. He has flames of fire. A sword is coming out of his mouth. His robe is dipped in blood. He's going to conquer evil. And he will be the judge and he'll be, de de be declared King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible says every knee is going to bow and every tongue will confess that. Guys, we got to be ready because if you don't know Jesus and he returns, and it's going to be too late. And that's tragic because Jesus came to save you. So guys, if you've got the Lord in your life, praise the Lord. I'm so glad. But we've got to go share the message because he's coming back. We've got to go reach the lost. But today, maybe you don't know Jesus as your Savior. And I'm not going to assume that every person in this room is saved today. We're fixing to, to have an invitation. I'm going to pray. We're going to have some people singing, playing instruments. And this is a time for you just to come to these altars. And you can, you can come and do business with God. You can kneel before him today and make him your Lord. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. It's the only way that you'll be counted righteous before God. It's the only way you're going to get into heaven and avoid eternal condemnation in hell. Is to receive Jesus as your Savior. So today, we ask you to come and do that if you've never done that. Today, I'm going to ask believers to come and pray for a new resolve to live for the Lord like never before. Living each day as if Jesus could come back today. And say, Lord, I want to be a spiritual giant for you. I want to wake up. I want to be used by you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. And thank you for your love for us. And Lord, thank you for your righteousness, and you are just, Lord. And Lord, when Jesus comes back, no one will be able to say that you're not fair. But Lord, help us to be ready for that day. If there's someone here that they don't know you as Savior, I pray today, Lord, they'll come and they'll get their life right with you before it's too late. Because we don't know when you're coming back, Lord. And I just pray for believers across this room, Lord, that we will come and, and ask for a new resolve to be used by you like never before. To reach this world as we're called to, Lord, before you do return. Have your way in this invitation, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you, even as you stand, would you just step out and come and kneel and pray about whatever the Lord is speaking to you today? This is your time. Would you respond to him?